is a blue. You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to our In Conversation program. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick. From their early childhood, to their professional career, to their musical tastes. We cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. Here on Three Valleys Radio. Good evening and welcome to In Conversation. My name is A.D. Hopper and I'm delighted to welcome to the show tonight Mr. Alex Fisher. Well, good evening everybody. Welcome to In Conversation. My guest tonight is none other than Alex Fisher. So, hello Alex, how are you? Hello, yes, very good, thank you. Uh, real real pleasure to, to be on with you. Like the wanderer returning to Yeovil Town, eh? <laughs> Indeed, yes. yes. Yes, a long time coming. Yeah, well, that's right, but I'm sure we'll uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, you, you were born in Westminster, uh, in the House of Commons, or what? <laughs> yeah, uh, too young to remember. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I um, I first first uh, first few years we were uh, I was we were in London and then moved out towards uh, Oxford when I was like four or five or something. Yeah. Um, so that's where I spent spent my childhood. Can you remember, you know, being a little toddler kicking about a ball about? I mean, how far back does your memory take you? One of my earliest, earliest vague recollections of kicking a ball about would have been would have been down in London, yeah. And then, um, yeah, after that would have been back when I was starting like primary school with uh, up in Oxford. But but in all seriousness, your youth career really started then um, with uh, Oxford United, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So when I. Um, I was one of my my teachers at school uh, said to my parents that I should get involved with one of the local sides and um, all those years ago uh, youth teams and and development squads and academies weren't really a thing certainly for clubs like Oxford Mm. Um, and um, yeah I I played Sunday league whilst being um, sort of training with Oxford uh, whilst their infrastructure grew over the years and then um, you kind of made the decision around sort of 11 or 12 to once their academy was properly set up to, to go to the academy and um, yeah as soon as that was up and running we, I was in and um, managed to get into the first team when I was 16 and um, that was kind of the start of my professional career. And Peter Rhodes Brown had a, an influence on your, your, uh, your way through the centre of excellence. Um, tell me about him. Didn't, didn't he used to play for yeah, Chelsea originally? Uh, he, he, he did indeed. Really great guy. Um, and funny enough, it was he was one of my coaches outside of Oxford, just for like after school football stuff um, in our area. <clears throat> and uh, he was one of the links to to Oxford United. And um, yeah, he was he was present at the club all, throughout my entire youth career, and, and still is, I believe, in a commercial capacity um, at Oxford. Oh, right. But yeah, great guy. Um, wonderful left foot back in the day. 
or so he would say. <laughs> um, and um, but yeah, no, great, great chap, and um, someone that was yeah been present for a lot of my formative years. And and looking at uh, you know you you had some quite sort of big names in your your career. I mean Jim Smith was involved as well, um, and also Chris Wilder and J- uh, Darren Patterson. I mean you know these are all big names in terms of football. So to have them sort of put an influence on your career must have been pretty beneficial. I would have thought. Yeah, it was, I mean, I remember I was at school um, still, and my mum had got a call from from Jim to say that uh, I was needed to be on the bench for a, for an e- a game that evening because there'd been an injury in training, um, and I'd been performing quite well, I think, at the youth team at the time. And um, so, yeah, it was Jim Smith that gave me my debut, and um, then Darren Patterson became manager sort of a few months, a few a year or so later. Um, and he'd been my youth team manager, so it was quite a lot of crossover and a lot of familiarity there. And um, Chris Wilder got the job um, towards the end of my Oxford career. Sadly, he was the one that didn't retain me. Um, I was pretty young still at the time and still developing. Um, and um, I think competition was going to be quite high. And uh, I went on loan and um, ended up sort of moving on from Oxford around 18, 19 years old, but was fortunate enough to play sort of 20, 25 games for my boyhood club and um, I mean that was just a dream come true in itself Yeah absolutely, can you remember your debut you say you were called up at the last minute sort of thing can you remember it? <clears throat> yeah, yeah very well, I mean I was I was more embarrassed because um, you have to wear a suit and I didn't have a suit so it was like something out of the in-betweeners where I was wearing an oversized <laughs> my dad's suit <laughs> yeah. um, you know sleeves sort of coming over the hands and stuff um, got a jacket off as soon as I could but um yeah it was it was I was more nervous just meeting you know these are guys that I'd watched as a season ticket holder for the previous three or four years so um I was kind of in awe of you know being in that environment let alone um playing with them so um yeah I remember it fondly it was um it was my first introduction into a a grown man's changing room as well and there was a, a few um yeah lessons learned in terms of sort of like the banter and stuff that got flying around so yeah, um yeah it was it was an experience off the field as much as on and and how old were you at this point 16 uh 16 yeah yeah and who was it against um so it was a fa trophy fixture against uh lewis um or uh who were in the conference at the time i believe but we'd drawn them in the fa trophy right um right. and then my first league outing was uh, I always say my first league fixture was against Celtic, uh, and then people go, "Go, oh really? Wow, what, when was that?" And I was like, oh, "Farsley Celtic." Uh, in the <laughs> Farsley Celtic. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, that was. Um, but yeah, two very very proud moments for but, me. But so, what league were Oxford United in then? Because if you're playing in the FA Trophy, they couldn't have been a league team then, were they? Yeah, it was. So the first year they were in the. Um, when I was a when I was a kid, yeah, they just dropped into the football into the into the national league, or back then was the nationwide conference. Yeah, yeah. Um, just as I was, the the closer I got to the first team, the, the the more they kind of slipped down the table a little bit, and then had those yeah. three or four years uh, in in the conference. Um, and then obviously Chris Wilder was the was the man that took took them up in the end. Um, yeah. So yeah, my time at Oxford was uh, the very very back end of League Two, and then uh, in the national league. I always I knew the, the um, media manager at Oxford very well, Chris. Can't think of your second name now, but uh, uh, Williams. Yeah, that's it. Yes, Chris Williams. You yeah, know Chris. I know Chris. Yeah, yeah lovely chap. Yeah, yeah, good guy, isn't he? I always remembered Oxford, or the Kassam Stadium in particular, because of the, the sort of bizarre way that they'd sort of constructed it. And they would run out of money at the the other end by the car park, and just a sort of wooden yeah, fence there. So. It all seemed a bit weird, really. 
It was a shame, actually, because a lot of the time the atmosphere kind of fell away that end. Um, because the fans at Oxford are great. They've got you know, good support, good loyal supporters. And, um, yeah, you always... Uh, whenever I was coming on as a kid, if I was coming off the bench, I'd always want to be shooting towards the home end because, you you know, that's where all the fans were. And, um, yeah, whether they plan to... I believe they're actually moving out of the Kassam in the next couple of years and moving to a ground that they're going to be constructing in the next oh, year or two. Yeah. Whether that goes ahead or not, I'm not sure. But um, I think that's the... A word in the area yeah right time for the first of uh, alex's musical choices and we've got dire straits and the sultans of swing <laughs>
Straight sir and the Sultans of Swing. So um, it says here, because I've got this Wikipedia page open on you, that uh, you scored your first senior league goal in January 2008 in a 4-0 victory at the Kassam against Altrincham. Remember it? I do, yeah, very fondly. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was a ball to the back post, a um, bit of a breakaway. And, um, yeah, lucky. I, I think the guy was... Guy called Joel Legister, I remember it. Yeah, he. Mm. Whether he tried to shoot or not, I don't know. But I was at the back post to tap it home from about four or five yards out, um, and I remember thinking, um, I just want to make contact with the ball, even because it's sometimes when you've got time to think about it, they're the harder harder finishes. I see it coming across, and um, I was I was pleased to see it, even though I was so close to the goal. Um, going the back of the net off the old left foot as well. So um, yeah, it was it was a really proud moment. My, my old man was there, and um, it was great to share that with him as well. And you also scored against David James in the FA Cup uh, against Pompey. Uh, yes, it was. Um, I'm not sure about FA Cup, but it was um, it was a it was actually a pre-season fixture. Oh, was um, it right? But yeah. they had yeah. I'm not sure if what or who's written what's on online, but. Um, yeah, it was, um, again, actually quite a proud moment. They had a, a, their FA Cup winning team from the previous season playing in this fixture. Jim Smith, very connected individual, managed to get a, uh, a game against it. Then Harry Redknapp's Portsmouth. And, um, yeah, a little left foot volley in off the post, which was, as a 17-, uh, 18-year-old, was um, a real proud moment, even if it wasn't a competitive fixture. Yeah, you were buzzing, no doubt. Um... Oh, 100%, yeah, I was, I was beaming. So you left um, Oxford and, and ended up at non-league Brackley Town. Um, tell me about that. I mean, how long were you there? Was it was it a, a, a good experience? Sure. Yeah. So I was my my time at Oxford was about three years, and during that time I had a couple loans, and, and Brackley was one of my loans. Ah, right. um, so I went there for a month, um, and at the time I can remember thinking, oh, I just want to be playing in the first team um, and being involved in, in Oxford's games and. Um, I didn't really give credit for how important it was for, you know, when you're younger to go out and play, you know, men's level football. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, I'd rather at the time thinking, oh, I'll be better just to sit on the bench and be associated with Oxford. But actually looking back and advice I pass on to younger players now is that, you know, if you're not going to be playing most weeks, um, it's actually much more beneficial at a younger age to be going out and, and playing games. And, and that's what I did at Brackley and, and at Oxford City. Um, and they were two very, very, uh, yeah, two good loans that gave me some experience, scored some goals, and, and managed to put me sort of back in the shop window for, for games for Oxford. 
So uh, you, you played a quarter of the 16 games at, at Oxford City. Um, so then suddenly you're on your bike to Spain. Now tell me, how did that all come about? Yeah. Well, this was a real, yeah, this is, I mean, <laughs> I, kind of, I just like to make the point that my career has been pretty nomadic, um, but it's never really been with the intention of that. Um, and this was the start of it. So um, I did, uh, I wasn't, renewed at Oxford under Chris Wilder and um, <clears throat> there are these things called exit trials where I think there's one in the north one in the Midlands and one in the south and I went to uh, where other players that haven't been kept on have a chance to play get a game against each other and a load of scouts will come watch and to be honest I thought no one will really be there or if they are everyone's going to be so selfish with the ball you're not really going to be able to show anything because everyone's going to be you know in it for themselves and um on the day, I thought, I'm not sure if it's worth it. And my brother convinced me, no, 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 you should do it. You just don't know. And uh, Glenn Hoddle happened to be at the game and uh, spoke to me a few days afterwards to say he just started an academy out in Spain. Yeah. To which I thought it was a bit of banter. So I thought, I was like, yeah, who is this? Of course, you know, because, you know, friends would, you know, we'd often try and play tricks on each other, you know, pretending to be people from clubs just for, you know, I know yeah. it's a bit harsh, but <laughs> you might get your hopes up. But I was like, yeah, okay. I, I couldn't picture it. So I thought they you're really doing the, the, the voice really well. I was like, who is this? And then he goes, you know, and I've turned out it was actually Glenn himself. And um, uh, I was like, oh, well, uh, yes, I'd certainly be interested. Um, and went out to, went out to Spain. Um, and, and it was his academy, the Glenn Hoddle Academy, uh, which ran for only about a year and a half, two years. Um, but it was based in Spain. And then in its second year, we, we, we played for one of the local Spanish sides in their uh, league uh, what was it? Secunda B, I believe it was called, um, which was great because we went from sort of playing reserve games to playing in um, a competitive league that carried a lot more weight behind our appearances and our performances. So clubs back in England took it a little bit more seriously than they would have if you were just out there for training. Mm, right. And uh, so, Jerez Industrial. That was them. Yeah, that was the team. Um, so yeah, we, we kind of quite a lot of us filtered into that team and, and managed to get competitive games for yeah Jerez Industrial. Um, it was uh, a bit of an English bubble in Spain, so not too much of the language w was learned. Mm -hmm. um, but um, no, great experience um, and allowed a lot of us to start picking up some appearances that we would use as, as leverage to try and get deals elsewhere. So you're only, what, 17, 18 still around this time? Uh, I would have been 19, I think, 19 and 20. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, that can't be bad, can it? Off to Spain and, you know, was it... Was I it... mean, it was, it, it really was. Not only do I credit my um, career to these guys, everyone that was there, uh, the coaching staff was second to none. It was um, Glenn Hoddle, Dave Besant, Graham Ricks and Nigel Spackman. So um, some people that had certainly been there and done it and... Uh, to learn off those guys was a real privilege and in that environment i mean it was it was yeah it was an incredible experience and um i'm forever grateful for all of their involvement for you know having faith in not just myself but a lot of other lads that have gone on to play in the premier league from that academy um and um yeah so they they did a really good thing for for as long as it lasted and um yeah experience that i certainly hold very very close to me more music now, and this time we've got Mr. David Bowie and Heroes.
David Bowie there and Heroes. But it was uh, rudely interrupted by you getting a broken jaw. <laughs> Correct, yes. I unfortunately had a few injuries in my time out there. Um, and um, that was, yeah, that was a particularly bad head injury, actually. Because um, it was a mixture of a, a quite serious concussion and, uh, yeah, broken jaw from a from a, a header that I'd won and just got, just got wiped out by the other guy head to head. Um, and, um, yeah, that brought a premature end to my one season there, which was, um, but <laughs> you know, football's physical game. You have, you have ups and downs and, you know, that was one of my first, uh, experiences of having to, you know, have surgery and, um, and everything that comes with that in a recovery. So, um, in a way, not a good experience, but something that you, you probably will have to have at some point in your career. Yeah. But I mean, having said that, heads are hard things, aren't they? And if you go head to head against somebody else's head, it's inevitable you're going to get injured, I guess, isn't it? Um, yes, I guess. Yeah. Especially um, at the time as well. Uh, there is actually a photo of the, the second it happened as well. And it's uh, it's not, not the prettiest. No, I bet. Uh, I bet. <laughs> not the prettiest <laughs> photo in the world. But I, th- I think, you know, well, I, I do a, a horse racing show as well and I talk to a lot of jockeys and you know when you when you hear what they go through as well I mean I think uh, I think footballers generally don't do too bad when it comes to injuries but um, you know but anyway you moved on then uh, into Belgium so tell me how did that come about and you know how did you get to Belgium so it, it was um, so after the the academy the Glenhoddle Academy sort of came to quite an abrupt end at the end of that season um, and we weren't quite sure if they were going to continue with the same format of playing for the Spanish side um, and they kind of advised look if you have any irons in the fire elsewhere and using their network that was probably the best thing to do and there was uh, an agent that was aligned with the academy that said there's an opportunity out in Belgium for a centre forward um, and I thought well <laughs> but he literally said can you get to Brussels tomorrow <laughs> um, and I was like I'll, yeah I'll give it a whirl because it was a team in the, in the Belgian Premier League um, and um, I was there for two or three weeks, played in a couple games for them, and they didn't sign me in the end. But uh, a neighbouring town did in their second division. So, uh, I mean, in, in inverted commas, the equivalent of like the probably like the Scottish Championship, I'd say, in yeah, terms of yeah. in terms of level. Um, and yeah, that led to sort of uh, a year or two out in Belgium, which in itself was probably the first start of my like learning curve to adult life you know I was away from anyone that was family friends um anyone that spoke English although I came to find out that quite a few people in that side of the town our particular town I was in were pretty fluent in English in the end but um still quite an intimidating uh sort yeah. of uh, environment to be put into as a sort of 20 year old 21 year old um but I, I loved it I really liked it made some friends out there that I still speak to now and um you know, had played played enough games that it was uh, you know a great experience for me football wise as well. And you ended up at uh, well, there's, there's uh, Macklin Heist. Uh, where's Heist? Is that Belgium still? Yeah, that is. I mean, that was a it was a real strange episode in my career. That was so I, I had a, a full season with with Mechelen and then um, switched teams at the end of the season to yeah Heist. But I was only there for literally like two weeks three weeks um and uh an opportunity presented itself out in in italy with monza um something that had been simmering under the surface for a few weeks and that was where my intentions were um to the point that i nearly 
didn't take the contract with with Heist, but um, because I was local, uh, and it was back then. I well, they I, I basically said, look, I'll I'll, I'll do the deal. Um, would love to play for you guys because I knew some of the players because you yeah. got familiar with the area. Yeah. Um, but it was under the uh, understanding that if this deal was to go through, that I would look to to move on. So it wasn't like a permanent contract that I was on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when Monza did come about I was um yeah I, I I so it was it is on my CV and I did play a competitive game for them but it wasn't um yeah it was it was one of those things where maybe if I had a bit more experience than at the age I had I probably would have just held off but um and, you and know, what, young what, and exuberant and what league were AC Monza in then uh Serie C Serie C yeah they yeah. um a good, a great side that have gone on to do some, um, some. You know, they, they just got promoted to Syria, I believe, for the first time. All right. Um, just this this year. So, Bolasconi uh, is their, I believe, is their owner. So, um, oh, yeah, right. plenty of uh, yeah. funds behind the scenes. Yeah, a few brown envelopes as well, I expect. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I couldn't comment on that. But um, yeah, they um, no really. It was um, as I say, something that had been in the pipeline for a few weeks uh, leading up to those, to when I signed. And yeah. um, when you're sort of sold, you know, do you want to go live in, uh, you know, Milan, um, play a season for Monza? I was like, yeah, my goodness, yeah, I'd, I'd bite your hand off. So yeah, um, when yeah. that uh, contract was on the table, um, yeah, off I went. But in 2014 and 15, the Wanderer returned to England and Mansfield Town. So um, indeed, how did that come about? I mean, this is going to be embarrassing because the amount of clubs I've played for now, it, I mean, it's really racking well, up. Change your um, name to Jack Nicholas for a bit then. <laughs> yeah, every, yeah, I get a lot of that, more clubs than Tiger. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, I always wanted to come back home and I was, I was given a, I was, some advice that said another year abroad would probably lead me into a European career um, and it would be harder to come back to England. And uh, I've got to remember that this time, I know it's only, what, eight or seven or eight years ago, but the infrastructure around football wasn't really there. Why Scout wasn't really a thing. Stats weren't really out there. So it was very hard to market yourself without, you know, the tools that you have now. So yeah. when you're told, you know, you might have to, you know, this could be one of your best, not last, but certainly best chances to come home. Um, and play back in England, which is what I've always wanted to do. You know, I left Oxford in the conference and to come back in the Football League was a, in itself a real achievement. And um, Mansfield, I said to, to my family that the first team that puts a contract on the table, I'll sign it. And uh, Mansfield did. And um, yeah, I, w- I was off, off I went. Third musical choice now, and it's Frank Sinatra, Fly Me to the Moon. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words, hold my hand In other words, baby kiss me Fill my heart with song and let me sing forevermore. You are all I long for, all I worship and adore. In other words, please be true. In other words, I. 
this song Let me sing forevermore You are all I long for All I worship and adore In other words Sinatra there and fly me to the moon. So Mansfield, uh, you, you played, according to this, you played 14 games, so you were there roughly for a year then, were you? Yeah, so you were at Mansfield roughly for, what, about a year? Yeah, it was one season contract. Um, I signed for a manager that wasn't there um, past Christmas, um, which is always quite hard mm. when you're not another manager's player. Um, I sadly suffered a, uh, a broken shoulder as well that put me out for about four months with the surgery. Um, so my season was... It was right sort of in the in the middle third of the season, so I'd played a few games, and then that kind of came at a frustrating time because by the time I was back, the club had uh, signed quite a few players in January. It was hard to get back in under a new manager. Um, and, um, yeah, so I, I kind of just... It, was, it wasn't the season I hoped it to be, um, but, again, another example of, um, you know, sort of having to roll with the punches that football can throw both sort of injury-wise and team selection-wise and um, just kept my head down and worked as hard as I could to be ready for when a, any opportunity presented itself. And, and an opportunity did at Torquay United in 2015. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah my, my, um, the manager from, from Mansfield Town, who signed me, Paul Cox, then got the Torquay job. Um, and um, he said, do you want to come down and, and you sort of make up for the last year's lack of games that I felt I didn't get and um, yeah off I went to uh, to Torquay so I followed my, my the Mansfield manager down to Torquay and you played 21 games according to Wikipedia scored 5 goals so uh, you know more, you played a lot of games anyway so that, that, that must have been satisfying for you yeah it was good it was important to get games it was important to sort of show that I was you know still who you you know who you are because you often you're out of sight out of mind in football and um it led to a to a good move for me mm. um so um and Torquay was a great club really well run um some really nice family people behind the scenes um and um yeah a really really nice place to play football but you know you, you're gonna have to sort out this wonder last night because the next thing you know we're up to Inverness for god's sake that's just miles away up in Scotland isn't it it's, it certainly is, and a January move, which was pretty pretty chilly. Yeah, I'll bet. Um, so yeah, how did you how did it come about going going to Inverness Caledonian Thistle then? Uh, so the club had been in touch, I believe, with Torquay um, to show they had an interest uh, in myself, um, and between the two clubs, agreed that I'd be able to to go up. Um, and I I believe clubs like Inverness often. They don't necessarily have the biggest budgets in the world. We'll look for players that, you know, are performing maybe outside of the football league, like I was at the time, and um, are keen for an opportunity. And they, yeah, they were, they, they sort of negotiated. I don't, I don't know what went on behind the scenes. All I know is that I said, look, I'd be very interested to play Scottish Premier League, and um, you know, providing the club were okay with it, um, and they agreed whatever they needed to agree, then, you know, I'd be happy to to make the transfer up. So um, yes, that was. Uh, that was my move up to Scotland. And was that when Terry Butcher was the manager? 
No, it was uh, a guy called John Hughes, but I th- believe Terry had been about 18 months previous to my move up there. Because uh, I remember... Or about a season, maybe. They, they came down and, and played a friendly pre-season game against Yeovil, and Terry Butcher was the manager at the time, I remember. So, uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they did. But, I mean, you, you played 22 games and you scored eight goals, so, I mean... You know, that, that's in the Scottish Premier League. That can't be bad, can it? Eight goals in the Scottish Premier League? Well, I, yeah, I had a very... Um, <laughs> it's funny how it goes. So my first game for Inverness um, was off the bench in a cup game. And uh, Inverness had previously won the Scottish Cup the season before, so there's a bit of profile around the game um, as they were the holders. And we were playing Stirling Albion and was on the telly and I was like oh, you know I'm going to be on the telly I was really excited to tell my family and friends to watch the game and we're 2-0 up and the manager said look you know go go get your first minutes out there and you know have a little run around and you know <laughs> obviously don't let them score but you know you know get 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 used to playing up here and uh my I was the third sub and my pretty much my first action was um having someone uh more or less break my ankle <laughs> so <laughs> I was out I was in, within five minutes of coming on and the last uh, I was then um, I refused to get stretched off <laughs> but yes I was out till the end of the season um, oh. and I'd only I stayed, I'd only signed a six month contract so I was um, yeah. a bit wary about what might happen in the summer but they, they extended me for another six months to let me get fit again and uh, the next season was yeah managed to play a few more games especially at the end of the season um, and ended up scoring, yeah, sort of. It was eight and nine starts, and um, I was very, I was lucky enough to be in the the top three for goals per minute um, for anyone that scored more than I think five goals, mm. which allowed my sort of profile to be raised a little bit more up there. And then you signed for Motherwell on second uh, of June two thousand and seventeen, um, but then you left in two thousand and eighteen, and I can remember this that you, you could talk me through it, but. Uh, from what I can remember, because I was at Yeovil at the time, um, you sort of the offer came from Yeovil. You dropped tools and literally got in your car and drove down, and you played in a game that afternoon. Correct? That's yeah, that's pretty bang on. I'd actually spoken to Yeovil quite a lot in the summer before going to Motherwell. Um, I'd spoken to Darren Way at the time, um, Mark Palmer, and um, so there had always been a a level of contact between myself and, and the club. Um, and in January, when they said, uh, you know, would, would you be interested in making the switch? And um, that fixture is obviously coming up. Um, it was something that I was like, yes, I'll, it, it sounds reasonable given where my career was at the moment at that time. And yeah, <laughs> I didn't get the all clear if the registration had gone through until the morning. So I was up at like five um, to make sure I had plenty of time and just got myself down. Um, met met Darren Way and uh, signed the contract. Uh, signed the contract. Did all the contract had been signed the, the, the night before electronically. Um, yeah. But yes, got uh, got down there and met the team. And <laughs> next thing you know, all the the cameras and the fans are packing the stadium for for yeah fourth round fixture against Man United. So um, can you remember much about the game? I remember it was actually surprisingly tight for the first 40 odd minutes until they scored their first goal it was only once they scored did you realize i mean they're never going to panic <laughs> it's man united but you certainly saw them play with a bit more freedom once the first goal had gone in i think those games are always quite tricky for the unless you score a very early goal sometimes those games can become a bit of a banana skin and i remember they were clearly 
you know, a level above with the level of player that was playing and everything like that. But they, um, I certainly think it was a lot closer than the final scoreline made out. Um, certainly for like the first 30, 40 minutes. What, which um, I, I can't remember, and I should do, been a Man United support since 1957, but um, was this the first time we played them or the second time? This was the second time, I believe. Second time, um, so... So, yeah, I'd, I'd seen that Yeovil had drawn them before. Yes, that's right. So, no, wait, wait, I'm just trying to think who scored against them. Um, that was the game that Alexis Sanchez signed for United and made his debut for them, I think, from... Monday. That was the, Yeah, that was the same game, that was it. Yeah, that's right. Um, but it was 4-0, I think, wasn't it? It was, yes. I think two of the 90 minutes, though, added a little bit of um, salt to the wound before... Yeah, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. I, I, you know, it was difficult for me because I worked for the club and I also wanted Man United to win, so it was very difficult. <laughs> I shouldn't make those sort of admissions, though, should I? Good God. Um, uh, but anyway, you're at Yeovil now and you played 57 games, which is, uh, looking at your list here, it seems to be that's the most games you've ever played for any club. So that's that's a feather in Yeovil's cap. And you scored 13 goals, according to Wikipedia. So, again, quite a good return. I mean, yeah, I think that was in the league. There's a couple um, cup goals in there as well. Um, mm. But I think Wikipedia only just take the, your, your league form. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was great. You know, it was to, to play games. I mean, I, it's quite hard to avoid any form of you know too much joy because it was wasn't the most successful second season um, in the world. Let's say, <laughs> to put it nicely. Mm. So. Um, you know, it was. It, I'd have given anything for um, for the club to have stayed in the league. Um, so it was. I think there was a few things that maybe were going on in the periphery of the club that made it hard for the, the team as a general to focus on on the pitch stuff. But um, ultimately, you know, we obviously didn't necessarily perform consistently enough over the course of the season. And you know, I guess average wise, you, you're going to get punished for that. So um, you know, personally. It was, you know, it's nice to say that you've played some games, but I'd much rather have had a, a more successful season as a team. Well, of course, now um, you, you went to Exeter and, and Newport, but now you're back at Yeovil. At least now you've got the opportunity to, um, you know, perhaps turn that memory around, um, you know, to be able to, to, you know, put the record straight, really. And, uh, you know, it's, you don't often get that. I mean, is it is it strange coming back to a club when you've been there for... What two, nearly two years? You know, how does it how does it feel when you come back? It's yeah, it's a really unique feeling to be honest. I mean, I know some players have been in third stints at clubs and might have been on loan somewhere and signed for them in the future, but this is the first time I've personally ever had any anything like that where I've gone back to a club um, that I've been at previously, and it really helps actually because you know you're familiar with the place. Um, I've always had a nice uh, relationship I feel with the supporters, um, and they've been great since I've been back, and they were great when I was here last time. And you know, people that say it doesn't make a difference are lying. It really does, uh, mm. and I'm really humbled by the support that's been shown for myself and that season and already this season and you know I just would like to say you know of course we're going to be doing our best to get good results but you know there's there's a bit of an edge for it to me because um, obviously everything that happened in the past you know there's it, it a bit more on the line for me you know I've got uh, uh, some wrongs that would like to right obviously it's hard to do it personally it's you know it's a team game um, but certainly just, you know, to give you a sort of flavour as to where what my mindset's like, it's very much determined to, to be successful. More music now, and it's Hall and Oates, and I can't go for that.
I can go for that from Hall and Oates. Well, well, going back to to the signing, I mean, t- tell us how did it come about that uh, you joined Yeovil for the second time? Uh, so I, uh, I mean, I'm relatively local as it happens. Um, I think my last couple of clubs have shown that I've not moved too far away from um, from this area of the country. Um, but yes, I, I'd spoken. To, I firstly, I'd, I'd known Chris. He played for. Um, Oxford in one of my in one of his later years as a player uh, as I was coming through in the youth team um, and I was very familiar with who he was and he was you know the ultimate professional yeah. and uh, I've come across him since in a in a coaching capacity once or twice uh, as you do in football you know it's, you come across people it's quite a um, quite unique like that I guess that it's you're only one degree away from anyone yeah and um, you know he he he'd spoken about. Uh, so an interest in signing me and being involved in the squad and um, you know first of all it was great to see that Yeovil had you know appointed a manager like him I know Darren Sarr done, done well to stabilise the club and um, from from the outside it looked like he'd done a, done a very good job and but had moved on and you know it's a hard position to fill and when I saw that Chris had gone in it was and, and he'd shown an interest and I'd always had an interest in it as well um, I think both of our you know both both of our mentalities crossed over quite a lot there and we spoke a couple of times on the phone and came down and was delighted to get it all sorted. Of course, I think, uh, you know, you're 32, you're well experienced, you've been around uh, almost around the world, but certainly around Europe. Um, you know, so I think looking at the players that Chris has signed, um, you know, there's quite a few youngsters there. So to get a player of your experience, I would have thought was, was you know, perhaps, you know, a definite uh idea that he'd had in his mind to get a bit more experience into the side sure i mean yeah he certainly described that he'd want a player or two in 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 the fourth in the front line to have uh, a bit of bit of experience and um i think it helps having the history that i have with the club as well so i'm very familiar with you know the day-to-day and, and the stadium mm-hmm. and you know the training ground and things like that that sometimes it takes a while for people to bed in I'm, when i first came down uh, back in 2017, 2018, it was, um, you know, it takes a few weeks to get used to a new routine. So for me, it just felt like I just, you know, I yeah. was there last week and was just coming back in, uh, yeah. which is which is great because it's just because someone is, in inverted commas, experience doesn't necessarily mean they, you know, can, it might take some time for them to bed in or what have you. So now it's been a really easy transition and um, it's, uh, yeah, if anything that I can bring to the role with experience or with, you know, just being a, a guy in the changing room to speak to some of the younger boys who are, are great, by the way. It's a really good group that we have and some really enthusiastic guys in there that, you know, I can learn off as much as they can learn off, off myself. So it's, um, yeah, there's certainly a lot of synergy there. And, and I mean, I presume there's, there's very few, if any, left of the staff in terms of, you know, office staff and the, the training staff. I would imagine there's, there's hardly anybody left from last time, is there? Uh, in terms of the sort of around the changing room, you've got Matt, Matt Worthington was was there uh, towards he came for six months, I believe, on loan or had signed from Bournemouth. I'm not sure yeah. at the yeah. time, but I knew Worthy uh, and Dan Powell, the kit man, is uh, is yeah. still the same chap. And, and I obviously recognise a lot of faces around the office, but um, yeah, there's obviously going to be comings and goings like in, in, in any club that sort of yeah. goes through a transitional period. And now the last of Alex's musical choices, it's uh, Pink Floyd and Comfortably Numb.
Is there anyone home? Come on, come on down. I hear you bleeding down. Well, I can ease your pain, get you. Smoke on your 
Pink Floyd there and comfortably numb. So now it's it's all going. You know, what do you feel about the the first? You know, with four, four is it four games you played? It must be. I'm just trying to think. Um, um, we've played. I think it's four friendly games. Um, haven't exactly scored that many goals. Um, you know, what do you feel about that? I mean, pre-season you you can either sort of get carried away with it if you do well, and you can get a bit the opposite if if you feel like you've not. I'd say uh, the three games that I've been involved in. Uh, Exeter, Plymouth and Dorchester. I think Exeter and Plymouth were good tests for us uh, to see how the shape works and, you know, where we're at in terms of playing against teams that are in higher leagues and and would punish mistakes a little bit more. Uh, Dorchester was a frustrating game the other night because it's not like we didn't have opportunities to score. We did. We had keeper played a blinder on a couple of saves, balls cleared off the line. Um, I think you'd much rather that happen the other night than you would on a Saturday in a league fixture is how I would say it. But mm. if we weren't creating the chances or the balls in the dangerous areas, then I'd say you'd have something to worry about from an attacking point of view. But we are, uh, as much as the scoreline to the outside world might not suggest it. So I uh, I think you could get carried away if you do really well or badly. And um, I'd say we're, we're neither. We're pretty balanced. Um, and, you know, ultimately, at the same time, you know, as a player, you're trying to get fit. You are a little conscious about the odd niggle, the odd injury. If you go flying into some dangerous, you know, yeah, yeah. tackles or crosses and you're putting your body on the line, um, you know, you'd be devastated if you picked up a two or three week injury. Now, uh, I take it for the team 100% in a league fixture mm, or mm. cup fixture, but this time of year. So there's, I'm sure there's, you know, a couple, couple yeah, moments yeah. there where, um, I'm not using that as an excuse. That's just sometimes the way it is in terms of managing your body. And I think the manager's done well to sort of rotate minutes and, you know, it's obviously looking at players as well. So it's an opportunity for, for people to be seen, to maybe be signed as well. So there's there's quite a few variables there that make these games um, hard to judge. But don't get me wrong, I think we'd all like to have seen a few more goals if, you know, if possible. And a good start, nice way, all the way up to Scunthorpe. That'll be nice. <laughs> yes, yes, certainly. Um, that would be a good one. Um, yeah, we got. Uh, obviously, they have a point to prove, having just come out of the football league as well. So there'll be a lot on that for sure. Yeah, yeah, but just a pity. You know, it's always nice to have a home game, first game of the season, isn't it? Really, but to have to travel all the way up there—it's a long old drive, isn't it? That's for certain. I think I'd seen a few fans mention that um, Yeovil haven't really been haven't been drawn at home for the first day of the season for a while. Yeah, unless that's uh, which that, is yeah, that, it's, yeah, it must be quite frustrating. Yeah, but there we go. I mean, it's that's it. And uh, the one thing that they've got in common with us is apparently our, their stadium was designed by the same bloke who designed our stadium. So there's a bit of a bit of <laughs> history you for you to dwell on when you yeah, go there. Yeah, but look, nice. Alex, yeah, I'll, put that, I'll put that in my quiz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. Um, it's been great talking to you, mate. Thank you ever so much for coming on the show. Um, my pleasure. Best wishes for the season. I hope. Obviously, I hope I want to see you and Yeovil Town scoring loads of goals, and you know, let's let's get up back where we belong in the football league. So, uh, do your best. You, I'm sure you will. I have no doubt about that at all. And you know, I hope it's a successful return, and you can you can undo that sort of slightly negative feeling you said when you left last time. Yeah, that'd be great. No, you couldn't couldn't have put it better myself. I'll um, I'll, I'll finish on your words. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. We we'll speak to you soon. Thank Thanks. you. This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a blue. 
And you've been listening to the In Conversation programme with A.D. Hopper. Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio. And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is stuck. And you're not moving anywhere, you thought you found a friend. To take you out of this place, someone you could lend a hand in return.